happen from a human point of view, even though we once knew Christ from a human point of view. We know him no longer in that way. So if anyone is in Christ, there is a new creation. Everything old has passed away. See, everything has become new. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation that is in Christ. God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting the message of reconciliation to us. So we are ambassadors for Christ since God is making his appeal through us. We entreat you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake, he has made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God, the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Now let us pray the Lord's Prayer together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. Well, as we gather here on this day, we see that in this season we prepare for the coming of Easter. Easter is the defining understanding, the belief that we Christians hold that separates us from the world. If you look at all the other major religions and beliefs of the world, they have great teachings of love and different elements of life. But the Christian faith not only counts that as important, but we throw in the idea that there is eternal life. In the Jewish faith, eternal life is a place called Sheol, the place of the dead. It is a plane on which the existence of the soul happens. Nothing happens in Sheol. It's just a limbo the person is suspended in. In other religions, they have different ideas. But to us, we not only believe in eternal life, we believe in a new creation, a new heaven, and a new earth. For everything is constantly being remade. We believe that God spoke in the creation. So God was speaking, and in his speak, he made us into being. God spoke us in the beginning, and we happened. The creation happened. I've been going over some of the questions that the youth wanted me to answer the other day, but we never got the opportunity to do that. But one of the questions that they asked were, why are all the planets in the order they are, and why is all that happening? Well, today I'll give a little answer to that that will help our service. God has created this creation to reform itself. It is a constant state of dissolving and re-coming into being. There is a death-life cycle that happens. You learn that from basic science in school when you take biology, bio, the study of life. And in that, you find that the plant grows, it dies, it becomes part of the soil, which then grows up with the next seed, and it lives and it dies, and so happens the process. Well, that is the creation in our world, but the new creation isn't where it dies and it becomes part of a reincarnation, which is the other beliefs of Hindus and other religions. We don't believe in a reincarnation. We don't believe there's a loop 
that we're living in our lives and we'll have a chance because what usually happens with people that believe in such things is they had a, a former life where they were a prince or a king or something like that. Nobody wants to be the village blacksmith too much in their former life. It's just the way people are in their vanity and the way that we think. But we believe not in a reincarnation, but in the incarnation of Jesus Christ, God coming into our midst and therefore helping us to gain our true form. That is indeed the Christian mystery, gaining the true form. See, we don't really understand and know who we are yet. We haven't arrived like Zion Williamson into knowing that we're this super person who can jump out of the gym. See, we have not seen our true self yet. Each one here, there is something more God is doing now, the ones that have passed and gone on to be with the Lord are now realizing their new form. They're realizing their eternal body. They're realizing the presence of an eternal God. But we on this side of the veil do not see this true form that God has given to us. We see glimpses of it in the Bible. When Jesus, he rose from the dead, remember he walked through the door, he shows up to the disciples, they want to touch him, and he says, I'm not ready yet, don't touch me. So we know that there is a form that we take, and that form is an eternal form. In fact, we're told we will be known as we were known. In other words, we'll be in the form that God intends us to be. So therefore, we do not regard no one from a human point of view. You look at people as souls, individual souls. That's hard to do when you go to Walmart and you look at people and go, oh my Lord, I just saw a soul down on the fourth aisle that I don't know, you know. My mercy, like some of those people up in the mountains we used to go over to Walmart. Um, some of those folks, you wonder if they have a soul. Well, they do. And their soul is given by God, not by us. It's not a human trait. We didn't inherit it from a granddaddy. We got our soul from God. When it's imputed upon us, when we gain that soul, that's a point of argument that we mortals make. But the fact is, is God already knows us before we're even born. Hence, John the Baptist leaped in the womb when Elizabeth, she met Mary. Already the human life is there. Already uh, the soul is there, even be just before, because of God knowing all the possibilities. So to get back to the answer, why the planets are in the order they are, because they have to be. That's the order God made them. It's the order that creates life. God made it in such form that in this Goldilocks zone on the third planet from the sun, there could be life and life abundantly. In fact, I was just reading, you know, the sun is going to eventually start to die out. Now, first, it will become a red giant, and it will absorb Venus and Mercury, Mercury and Venus, the first two planets. It will get to the very edge of the Earth's atmosphere, and the Earth will boil away into a dead planet. And then after the sun becomes a red giant, it will become a white dwarf, and it will shrink down to almost nothingness, and its core will uh, so deplete its hydrogen reserve where it's doing fusion energy, which is combining instead of fission, which is what we currently have at a nuclear plant up the road, where we rip apart, fusion brings together, and the sun is driven by a fusion engine, which scientists think we will have by the year 2025. But that's beside the point because it just goes to show that God's creation is amazing and wonderful and we are living in a world that's constantly being reformed and we are being reformed and reshaped each and every day. God is blessing us in a special way. 
And we see that most in the life of faithful when we watch a person who declines in self, but they expand in eternity. We start to see the possibilities of what God is doing in our midst. So we do not regard people from a human point of view that the current world does. For we know that once Christ, he had the human form, but he is no longer that way. So if anyone is in Christ, there is a new creation. Everything old has passed away. See, everything has become new. So that means not only is God speaking this into being, he's expecting us to speak possibilities into being. You know, that's how you do things. Speak them into being. Every day you wake up and say, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to have that, and you speak it into being. It's amazing if you start speaking something into being, it will start to happen. We said amazingly in this March Madness, when we see teams that should not be as good as they are suddenly become better, and we teams that are better somehow do not you know, play better against this. Except if you're Duke and you're lucky and on the last second shots, which Duke uh, maybe is speaking into being. Maybe their coach, I don't know who's doing it on that team, uh, but they're seeming to win when they shouldn't win. And we'll see. Uh, so we Carolina fans, we're not going to speak that into being. Brad warned me this morning not to speak that into being. I said, Duke may win. He said, don't say that. Don't say that. But I've got enough folks that are speaking it into being. I'm pointing at some because I know who you are. And, uh, and we have lived um, well, together in peace and harmony uh, because we speak Christ. And the common love we have in Christ is far greater uh, than the time we have together. Now, my daughter Hannah, she is finishing up her time at Carolina. Uh, she wanted to get her senior pictures, and they had to rework the well, and they finally opened the well up this past week, and she had her pictures taken. Uh, but they worked on the old well. You know, they have an old well there as a symbol, a sign of the university. Uh, and I want you to know that Leona was calling about every day, wanting to know when they were going to finish that well. And they put her off to another person, another person. And finally, she ended up with the foreman of the construction company and said, when are they going to get the well done? He said, soon. And they finally got it done. So she got her pictures taken there by the old well. We in Methodists, we didn't have an old well. I don't know what we had, a dirt path. I don't know. We didn't have the images and uh, uh, different things. But we did have a fellowship as I went to school there. And it's a great university, and it's grown so much. But everything is in constant form of change. God is working in our lives, and what we thought once was now becomes something new. And that's what it means to have a new creation. So God is not only speaking it into being, he now is thinking it into being. See, our God is a cognitive God. He's not just a representative God who sits on the shelf or a God that somehow is part of a belief system. Our God is a thinking God. God is planning all this out what I call infinite possibilities and finite probabilities. In other words, God has figured out every way we can mess up and then figured out a way out of it. <laughs> God has figured out every way we can mess up and figured a way out of it. In other words, God has made a plan for no matter our circumstances in life, no matter our situation in life. Our God is smarter than us, thank God. Nothing's worse, you know, than somebody thinking they're smarter than they really are. 
My goodness, have mercy. I met that my whole life. You know, people here and people there in seminary. We had little Lloyd, former Roy's. I used to call them these seminarians that thought they had all the answers, and they were a walking encyclopedia of data. The way I was raised is that the greatest university you can get your degree in is the common sense university. I love being a you know, graduate of common sense. Common sense is something I have grown up with. And it's something that I hold to. I didn't have much of it when I was a little boy. Uh, I was a little kid. You know, my grandmother, she had a green thumb and she had cacti or cactuses or whatever we call those in the plural sense. And me and my Red Rider BB gun wanted to experiment one day and determine uh, if it's true they had water in them. So I shot holes in the cactus and no water come out. And I was deeply disappointed until I heard the screen door open and grandma come running and she was gonna get a switch. She was not very tall, so she had to get a smaller limb at the very bottom, but I run, I was really fast in those days. And little did I know that right down the dirt road from their house was the woman I was gonna marry, Leon, and was already spotting me coming when we used to come down in our uh, you know, bus. My daddy bought a bus, a Partridge family type bus, before Partridge family. We painted it with uh, flowers and all kinds of things. Can you imagine that? And we used to ride to Columbus County down the dirt road, and my brother would be playing the guitar, and we'd all be playing on the bus, an old school bus. And I think that's what sold Leona on, uh, this is her ticket to ride right here to get out of Columbus County. And this young little boy with blonde hair, blue eyes is uh, the one. See, she saw a new creation. She saw something that I didn't see. She definitely saw more potential than I realized. See, she didn't see it from a human point of view. She saw it from the point of view of hope that something better can happen and I can be a part of that and we together can have a wonderful life and uh, that is what is happening. So if anyone is in Christ, there's a new creation. Everything old has passed away. See, everything has become new, which brings us to the point of the contention that we have this day and age, the idea of change. When I was at Drew teaching on faculty and designing different learning systems with them, our model was an ancient future model. What that means is that we embrace the past, we embrace the history, we embrace the tradition, but we also embrace the future and what God is doing. And God is doing something very special. The world is heading to some place. Is it far away from God? Yes. But is it closer to God in other ways? It will be. And the reason is the more we know and the more we understand, the more we can see the presence of God and understand the wonderful nature of God's creation. I'm an Augustinian theologian, which means I look at creation to see the evidence of God. And the more I look at creation, the more I realize God is at work. This morning, I was standing by the back window and we have our cross out there and we have, of course, our stole, our purple cloth for the season of Lent. And on top of the cross, there was a bird. There was a red-breasted robin sitting on top of the cross. And I'm thinking to myself, what brought the robin to this place? Why is it sitting there? Perhaps it's looking at the pond like me. Perhaps it's just stopping for a moment. I do not know. But at that moment, I looked at it and it existed and I existed because I'm part of a created order. Nothing is so sad as someone who does not know the nature of creation. My tennis uh, made in college uh, on number three uh, doubles in Methodist when I played tennis on a collegiate level. His name was Troy Jones. He was from Hoboken, New Jersey. I taught him how to drive uh, there in the parking lots of our college. 
Now, I remember well that Troy uh, did not know what a field looked like. So one day I took him in the car and we went out to the fields around here, in, here in Harnett County and over in Cumberland County. And he had never seen really a field up close. And he got out the car and run around the field and said, this is amazing, so much blank space. And where I'm from, everything is cement and sidewalks and city. And I thought to myself, well, that's true. He grew up not knowing the creation not seeing the creation. In fact, if you're in a city like that, you never see the stars because the lights at night, they blink out the stars. But if you're in the country, there's times you can look and see the depth of the Milky Way and realize God has created all this. See, God is remaking everything, every single moment across the universe. He's forming and reforming, and he's taking into shape until that time in the future where everything will be where it's supposed to be for the coming of the Lord. So just like the Magi, I look for the stars and I look for the heavens to show signs. I look for nature to speak volumes of God's creation because I can tell you there is a train coming. And that train is coming for a new heaven and a new earth because this old place needs to be remade. This old place is a sad old world. And it troubles me that we live here and we try so hard and then it all passes away because of time and space. And we wonder what was the purpose and what was the reason. But let us not become so wise as Solomon that we start to think all is vanity and somehow it's not worth it. It's worth it every single day that we fight the good fight. I know Roy said that to the team. You boys have had a good year. We had a good run. There's next year. Of course, for Luke May, there's not. For Cam Johnson, there's not. But they will go on and they'll remember their time. They may not hoist the championship trophy this year, which they will not. But that's okay. They got six others. They're proud of those. They got a museum. You ever been up to Carolina? You can take a tour of that. I have. It's wonderful. You walk in there and see Jordan memorabilia. And you, you got to realize I graduated the year before Jordan. So me and Jordan are connected in a way there. We're, I'm just like Jordan in that way. I'm just like Mike, you know. We got to make every attempt, you know, to connect to someone who's transcended in some way. They're better because they can do a certain thing. And he can definitely shoot a, you know, a shot like these players can. And I won't even speak of this other person at the other school because he's a transcendent player. But I will say that we each are special in the sight of God, like every child is to every family. God has made us in a unique way. We are different, yet we are the same because we are the children of God. So God not only has spoken the world into being, and he is thinking it into action, he is doing what God does, which is love. God is able to take the little and make the lot. He's able to take the ordinary and it makes this extraordinary. God is able to take our lives as it is and make it into the life that it should be. We, uh, we're living in Kipling. I'm pointing to Kipling. I have no idea if Kipling's over there, but it feels like it's over there. Read a study the other day that said we humans have an inbuilt GPS system. My GPS system is saying Kipling's that way. Is it, is it that way? Mr. Danny, is Kipling that way? It, it is. It's either. Is it that way? Amazing. Special powers, superpowers. Well, 
Uh, we had a new dog. My daddy went and got a dog, and he was like this crazy dog. You ever had a dog that was just crazy, just not right in the head and just crazy? Well, this dog, uh, we, we had him, brought him home, and we were all just, just petting him and everything. And my sister, she let him loose uh, from the leash, and he just took off across the field, just took off running across the field. And I'm a young gun, you know. I can run like the wind. I had blonde hair, blue eyes. I wore a headband when I played sports, and here I am out there, and I'm chasing that dog across the field. And that dog faster than me, but I'm going to get him because I can outthink the dog. Yeah. And he runs across the field over there in Kipling. He runs over near the Smith place, and it goes down into a ditch, and the dog runs down in there, and I come right in behind him about to get him. He comes out of the ditch, and I come out of the ditch, and guess what? There's two fence posts there. And somebody in the past had geniusly put up a piece of barbed wire across the fence post. Yes. So the dog ran underneath it. I didn't see it. The last second I saw a glint, I lowered my head, and the barbed wire caught me right here and ripped me right up my head. And I flipped because my sister was right behind me. And she runs up there, and I'm laying on the ground, and I'm bleeding, and it's really a bad scene, and she thinks I'm dead. So she starts screaming, he's dead, he's dead. And I'm going, no, I'm not dead. And she goes running away. And she runs back into the church and they're having choir practice. And my daddy's there and he's working on some things with a so committee. And she runs in and tells them. And the whole church at Kipling empties out, looking for Jerome. Figured I'd staggered off in a half-dead state looking for me. And of course, I got up and I went to a neighbor's house and she cleaned me and she gave me cookies and milk. It was Danny Baker's mother, wonderful lady. I knocked on her door and it was a terrible scene, but she was a nurse in a way and she nursed me and they're all looking for me and the whole town is looking for me and Kipling. They figured I'm dead. They figured I went off into the woods and I died and I died of a terrible wound and everything. And finally, I showed back up with a big bandage on my head and they said, everybody said, where'd you come from? We thought you were dead. And I told them, no, I was having milk and cookies over there at Miss Baker's house. And they seemed a little disappointed that it weren't worse than it was. Now, we never saw that dog again. He just still running to this day. He's going somewhere. He's a crazy dog. I told you, he, we shouldn't have never got that dog. That dog, crazy dog. See, see, the world will throw things at you sometimes that we do not understand. The world will put you in a circumstance where your outward will be wounded, but your inward will be fed. See, God has intended for us a place of solace, a place of rest, a place where God is doing what God needs to do to help us to get through. There is always a safe harbor in every storm. There is always a place where we can turn to God and know that he is there with us to help us through the thick and the thin. I still got some scars, you know, from that incident. I do wonder about it because so much has changed since that world, that young boy could run and now I don't run so much and the life has changed with those I love and many have gone on to be with God, including my sister and my father, even some of those church members. And I think about how the world has changed, yet in reality, nothing has changed. Because love still remains, and the love I have for them and they have for me, it is not gone away. Death cannot separate us from love. Death cannot put love away, and it's something we bury along with the body. We do not bury uh, the love that we have for people. Death does not separate us from this connection that we have because love is eternal. 
See, this God that we have allows us to participate in something that should not exist in this creation. There should not be love. There should not be hope. There should not be peace. For all these things are eternal. They're not temporary. Love is not meant for just a moment to be had and then lost in some form. Love is meant to be eternal, yet God has allowed us finite beings to uh, just experience something that is beyond. And what he's given us is the ability to do what we are born to do. Not is to hate, not, not to separate, but to love and to hold together. God has reconciled us, it says, to himself through Christ and has given us a ministry of reconciliation. In other words, not only are we putting everything together, it's being put together for eternal reasons. So when you love somebody, understand you've just started on a journey that will not end. Even though time may change, space may change, and circumstances may change, love never ends. So do not think your memories are the only thing you have. Read that the other day. We've been told our whole lives as you get older, your brain cells die and they never recover. Well, the scientists now say your brain continues to expand and grow. Well, I knew that. My brain now is learning like it never learned before. If I'd have been this smart in school, I, oh, I would have been the valedictorian. Not Leona or not Myra or not, not somebody else. I would have been the valedictorian. Because my brain's expanding. I'm absorbing energy and knowledge and understanding. Yet with all that happening, I'm getting kind of silly lately, you know. I'm, I'm just, I'm not, I, I don't know. It's like I'm just, I don't know. I got to buckle down. I got to get serious. Life is a serious thing, you know. We have to understand we're not here right on. We got to take care of business that needs to be taken care of. We got to do our taxes. You know, they do in a few days. I'm looking around. There's one or two that are looking at. Uh, he ain't talking about me. I don't know. It's supposed to be simplified now. <laughs> it's just a more simple way to take our money. That's all it is, but I'm not going to go there. Because that would be political, and usually political, they don't think, they just do in a certain way and act in a certain way. See, God has entrusted us with the message of reconciliation. So when we face an obstacle that doesn't look like we can get past it, the wall's too high, it's too wide, it's too deep, God is making a way for a door to open where we least expect it. We are ambassadors for Christ. So here's what we do when we face things that we not, do not want to face. Someone we love has gone on to be with the Lord. Our life has changed in some way. Realize nothing has really changed. It is all the same. Our love is no less than it was before. Our hope is no less. In fact, it's even more now because our hope is what we have to depend on. Nothing gets in our way of what we truly believe. Do you believe Jesus rose from the grave? Do you claim this promise of a resurrection of God being with us? Do you know in your heart on the third day the tomb was empty? Do you know he is now in heaven and he will come again? And the sound of uh, the, the angels and, and the, the end time is going to happen, but it won't be one of sorrow for us who hold to the Christ that we claim and to be of joy because we know God has made this to be. 
He has made him to be the sin who knows no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Sisters and brothers, heaven is being emptied out. They are looking for us, that one sheep that's lost, trying to find us. But God opens the door to a new home. And heaven's going to be so special. We'll get milk and cookies. And our wounds will be tended. And then we'll um, get a lecture like, why did you chase the dog, Jerome? Well, I thought I was faster than the dog. Didn't you see the barbed wire? Who in the world puts barbed wire between two posts? I can't say much more because it was a church member's land. I can't say no more about it. And there used to be a fence there, but it fell down, but the wire did not. Did you learn your lesson? Yes. Are you going to be more careful? Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm very careful. Man, my Lord have mercy. I'm so careful. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready. Aren't you, aren't you afraid you're going to miss something here? What am I going to miss here? Everybody I love here will be there. They better be there. I'm counting on them. They're letting sin stop them. They better get themselves right. But they're going to be there. Are you ready? See, that is the new creation. Let us pray. Dear Lord, open up our hearts as we have one foot in this world and our heart in the next. Let us know that we are in a place that is special. We are in a sanctuary being protected and taken care of. Lord, let us know too that in the world we live, there is purpose and reason in the journey that we make. Grant us peace that we may claim this as we speak love into being, we think love into being, and we do love as you would have us do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.